Ivy and the CIA, an interview with Susan K. Younger. Welcome, everyone, to Ivy and the CIA. We have with us our guest, Susan Younger. Welcome, Susan. So happy to be with you. I just adore you and feel so blessed to have you in my life. Tell us a little bit about you and what's going on with you, Susan, please. Okay, this is a girl who uh, grew up as shy and one of those who they actually worried about maybe I wouldn't succeed because they thought when I went off to school, I wasn't going to talk to anybody. <laughs> so my my mom was really good at encouraging me to understand the difference between being shy and appearing to be something else in somebody else's eyes. And she wasn't somebody who was college educated, but she was somebody who truly understood that to connect with people, you truly had to show up. And her statement that has hung with me through life is, you're shy, tall, and smart. People are going to think that's stuck up, arrogant, and they're not going to reach out to you because they will have already decided an image of you that doesn't relate to who you are. So you are going to have to step forward and introduce yourself and make yourself known and, in a sense, be open to them in order for them to be open to you. So as you know, you and I both are involved with bank code. And that is exactly why that resonated so perfectly with me, because it truly was taking what mom gave me as basic this is how you act in order to engage with others. And what I did intuitively and what I had experienced in working in retail, building department stores, being a girl that went into architecture when, unlike now, a lot of the architectural schools really are 50-50 men and women. But when I was going, there were five gals in a group of 90. Somebody asked me if I was going for an MRS degree. And not being at all along those lines, I was trying to go, MRS, that's a degree I haven't heard of. And then it dawned on me, he thought I was husband hunting in this school of architecture. And I'm like, oh, what? You know, so I I was being thrown curves at different points along the way because I was a woman. And this week ran a group conversation with two other brilliant women about disruption. And whether you are experiencing it from the outside or from the inside, how you have to be prepared to face life in the face of disruption. And after a year like 2020, isn't that what we all recognize is a super skill we, we need to have for every day? When did you feel like you were your authentic self, where you felt you could really express who you are? Because I'm a very, I'm, I'm the most excitable, enthusiastic introvert. So I understand what it's like to be shy. And the videos I do every day is speaks for itself. <laughs> so, so you got to realize I was a child growing up in the 60s and 70s. And we had fun in our family. So I didn't think it was odd to be, I can, I can truly remember whether I was high school or just like a freshman in college, being in an outdoor concert at a band shell in this little hometown of mine. And I'm on the sidelines dancing and moving to the music. And somebody comes up and taps me on the shoulder and says, what you on? And I'm like looking at him like, what do you mean? I said, what do you mean on? I'm, 
I'm just me. And they're like, you mean you're doing this sober? And I'm like, yeah. You know, it didn't occur to me that I shouldn't have a good time, that I shouldn't be myself in all moments, that it's important to be yourself at all times. Yes, there were times that being myself made me feel like, holy crap, they didn't like me. Or, or they thought I was odd, as that person obviously was like thinking I'm, I'm somebody doing something else because I was able to express myself. Mom had done such a great job of encouraging me to show up no matter what, that it was okay to be me. I didn't have to be like everybody else, that I don't ever remember not being me. I do remember feeling that being me sometimes didn't fit in a crowd. And there were times you wanted to be part of a crowd that you knew you weren't part of. I never wanted to not be me, though. And I feel so blessed to have had a family that supported us to be our own people. I can remember my mom saying to me, because I was, you know, the smart one, that sometimes it was tough for my brother who was two years younger, not that he wasn't smart, but because I was less precocious and ready to just play and do things. I knew what I wanted for a career. He didn't. And there would be times in high school that his teachers would be upset that he wasn't focused with a career path and decision in life that I already had from the time I was in sixth grade she would allow him to stay home from school some days and go do something that she and he could do for fun to support him and make him feel special without in any way telling him he had to match what my path had been. And at the same time, they did a great job of making sure that I never felt I had to be as gregarious as Fred was. We were both allowed to be ourselves. and. To have that as a gift in childhood was years later before I recognized just how precious and rare that was. And I remember turning to somebody and saying, it's not that life was perfect. I mean, I can think of all sorts of horrible things that happened that nobody wants anybody to have to go through. But yet our family had this sense of, we'll figure this out, we'll move forward. And I said to somebody, I feel like I had this Pollyanna experience, you know, this life is good. And my mom had a wicked sense of humor. And my, my dad was the one who was in insurance and statistics. And well, how much is that going to pay you? So I had that balance of what you and I would call the blueprint of check, 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 you know, is this checklist taken care of? And why would you do that? And my mom looking at stuff that because I had this creative side, I'd bring home a piece of art that I thought was spectacular. I hadn't created it, but I had bought it with my money. And she'd go, don't you just want to peel that apart? Don't you want to look at that in it? You know, I mean, we could have these really, it wasn't that she was saying, I don't know why you spent money on that, but it was like from her perspective, she didn't understand it. And instead of her saying, well, that's awful. She just said, but I want to take it apart. I want to play with it. And I'm like, no, mom, it's this. And so I, you know, and, and with dad, the rest of the family was musical. And he was like, well, I can play the spoons. 
And, and so we, you know, we just have these understandings that we weren't all alike. We were never going to be that way. Mom could sometimes call me her little Harold because to her, I was more like dad than I was like her because of his attention to business and such that, you know, she was a stay at home mom. She would rather have been playing with her horses and having, having the adventures of fun. Your mom was a nurture action. She was an action nurture. Oh, yeah. I do live in my action. So yeah, I, but like most people would nurturing is still what I lead with. My action is just so high up there that I yeah. don't want to miss out on the fun. <laughs> no, I, I get that. I'm, you know, people have always been shocked because I will very frequently do something totally spontaneous, even when I've got a deadline and I'd be working with people as a team. We were all working independently in our homes. And this was not this past year, but I'm talking more than a decade ago. And I said, oh, guys, I know this is what you're expecting me to deliver to you for our blah, blah, blah by such and such tomorrow. I'm stepping out and going to this because I want to go see this or I want to hear this speaker or whatever it was I wanted to do that night. And they would go, well, but younger, what about our deadline? I'm like, listen, if I can't take two hours away from it and still promise you a deadline by tomorrow, you really don't want me as part of your team anyway. And they go, yeah, you're right. You know, they they were at a level of trust because we all understood we had different things going on in our life. What they were thrilled with is what I could call them up the next day and go, here's the project portion that I'm delivering to you on time as we discussed. And oh, by the way, last night in a meeting, I happened to have something architectural in the folder that I was taking notes on. The guy sitting next to me goes, who did those plans? I said, I think I just found us our next client. You know, they're like, okay, we're glad you went. Oh, those spontaneous moments of showing up, not because I was looking for a client, but because I was doing something that I was enthused about with people I was enthused to do it with and venturing into situations where I was excited to connect and learn from others. So you take and put all of those pieces together. And of course, you're going to find the people that you can do business with. I can relate with that. And I just believe that there's no coincidences that people that come in and out of your life and what you do and who you connect with all has a purpose. You may not see it at that time, but you'll see it later on as you go back and go, oh, wow, that person stepped into my life so randomly at that time, but not so much when you know what what the nature of that relationship or where that led to. Yes. And so it's, I, I admire and I love that you had such an incredible childhood that your parents gave you a great foundation of helping you be grounded in who you are and helping you express that in your fullest, most authentic self. And encourage me to be more than I might've been on my own. You know, at a certain point in my thirties and I wasn't married and I was living in Arizona and the family's still all in Iowa, mom and dad said, you know, we were talking the other night, maybe we did too good a job of making you independent. We may never see grandchildren, we may never see you married, and you live so far away, it isn't like I can call you up and have you stop over, you know, on the weekend to do something with us and that. We talked all the time, we were still real close and connected. 
but sometimes the distance was funny. So mom would say, there's a little house down the street for you, or there's, you know, oh, the neighbors are selling their house. You might want to consider it. Or <laughs> when they moved into something that was seen senior living and you could be 55 to move in mom's like you know you're old enough you could be in here with us you know they still wanted me home with them there was always that we love you we'd love to have you here we understand it's probably not going to happen but we're going to at least suggest (laughs) oh this is great your parents are awesome uh who besides your mother your parents uh who else in your life had made a big impact in your life why Everybody. I mean, I I really can't just say, oh, this one person. I can look at situations with everybody I've met and see where their fingerprint or heart print or whatever you want to say has affected me in a different way. You know, we meet people and they bring things into our lives at different times. I can look at how I got the job that brought me to Dallas, brought me to Dallas. The friend that I got to stay with who was living down here when I interviewed right out of college that I have lost complete touch with, but he was such an important friend to give me a couch to sleep on while I was looking for a job in Dallas. The guy that I interviewed with at that time, three years later, turns out he grew up 30 miles from where I was. And he reached out to me three years later to, to talk about a job. I ended up getting not only that first job from him and he came to Iowa to interview me because I basically said listen I don't know anybody in Texas anymore I don't have a place to camp I'm not I'm not driving to Texas from Iowa to interview for a job that may be just a maybe and I somehow had the presence in my 20s to say thank you no thank you and and then explain what I was looking for in a career and that explained that I was exploring grad school or a career and say, I'm not sure you have that to offer me. So I thank you for the conversation, the opportunities to discuss the possibilities. However, unless you have this, thank you and no thank you. And it was a week later, he sent me the company brochure. He encouraged me to the fact that he's like, you know, I grew up 30 miles from where you are. I'll come interview you and go visit my family. Now, I could have easily just, you know, kept trying to knock on doors. And sometimes I think we fail to frame what we're looking for in a way that allows somebody to know how to fill in the pieces we're looking for. We say we want a job, we want to work for them, and we don't tell them how we see ourselves being able to fulfill what they're looking for. And I think what he was able to see in my response to him was that if he gave me the opportunity to lead, I would have the wherewithal to occasionally stand up to that discussion and clearly speak up for something that maybe somebody else would go, I don't have the power to do that. Instead of recognizing that you had the power to voice it, you didn't have to necessarily win that argument. What is some advice you would tell your younger self and why? To keep moving forward, to not get stuck on the what if and maybe of what you thought you want, 
and to look at the possibility of what shows up in front of you. A lot of times I think we are so focused on, I want it to be this. And what you fail to see is that what you will receive if you were open to things is frequently much bigger than anything you could have dreamt of. I, I knew I wanted a job in interior architecture. Now, what's that? And when I was getting out of school, there, there were decorators doing interior decorating. And they frequently came out of what was a home ec, how to make your house pretty. They weren't as, and architects were doing building shells. It was almost like a whole new profession to say you were going to create the interior in a architectural method. And I knew that's where I was more concerned about creating that space that we lived in and worked in. So department stores is not what I was looking for. Department stores was what was presented to me. And when I stepped into it, I loved it. And I loved the the fashion and the play in events and all these pieces that came together that I would have never known to go looking for. And I got to be involved in the building shell and the interior and even got to be involved with the selection of mannequins, how we set up Christmas trim, how we did displays for Mother's Day. And eventually coordinating shop installations for everything from the private label shops in a store that were the product of that store to uh, Estee Lauder cosmetics and all the high-end cosmetics and then the high-end vendors that were coordinating a shop within that, which then allowed me to look at when we started working with somebody from overseas, their model of doing a store was more like the specialty shops I had done in something else. All these experiences wove together to give me different opportunities. Not one of them was something I had ever framed for myself earlier. Whoa, uh, that's incredible. Oh, well, if there is a a superpower that you wish you had, what would it be and why? Clarity of thought. I know that's not a typical superpower, but when I think about the times you've spent spinning about the what if, that clarity to be able to say, yes, this is what I need to do. And, and here are the pieces I need to find that I don't have, whether I find them from somebody else and let them do that part for me, or the ability to just be able to say, yes, I'm at peace with this. I don't have to reach for more in this moment. I can enjoy what is around me. I can enjoy being right here and open to what's showing up. You know. That is a that's a great attitude and a, a great way to just approach life. Is there any other habits that have helped you become who you are? Yeah, to me, it's always been the flexibility to not get tied down to, I've got to have it exactly like this. Flexibility to me does not mean being wishy-washy. You're still weighing options. You're still exploring opportunities. And you're stepping away from some as much as you're running to them. But it's that flexibility to go, right now I need to pivot to the left. Tomorrow I need to run straight forward. And the day after that, I need to step back and analyze that maybe I I thought I wanted that. But now that I've seen what it is, let's rethink this. (laughs) 
And, oh, be, and be not in judgment for having thought you wanted it. I mean, I, I, I know I've heard friends say, I feel I wanted this so bad. I just had to go after this. And when I got there, I didn't, I didn't want it. They had never allowed themselves to experience what they didn't like in the process of getting there to find another opportunity to use their skills gifts in a way that allowed them to expand their life because they were so focused, pinpoint laser focused on something they had to have. Mm -hmm. Well, sounds like someone who's more blueprint, but someone who, who knows how to weigh the options and yet knows how to fluidly move through situations, that's more of an action. And even though we may appear very spontaneous on the outside, we have on some level given some thought. I know well, I come across that way. <laughs> you know, both of us have knowledge as a stress code. So when it's time to make a decision, we're like going, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need more stuff to make this decision based on. And I've sat in a meeting with somebody and they've been surprised when all of a sudden I said yes. Because they'd seen that knowledge, asking questions, probing them about what I wasn't seeing that gave me enough information to make that decision. And yet, because the nurturing and action side of things, there's that intuition of, I think it's good. I feel it's right. I just need the assurance of these points. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does, does you, you and I have uh, the commonality of being independent is... That when you when you recognize who you are and you don't have to be anyone else in the world, there's so much freedom in that. Oh, and absolutely. Right? And expressing <laughs> yourself that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't find myself watching TV and go, oh, if only I could do that. I'm like, oh, no, that ain't me. You know, that ain't me. And, and what's really fun for me is when people are presenting, okay, we really want to motivate you. And they're putting all this stuff up and you're sitting there going, not one of those things is anything I'd choose to ever do. Not one of those things is anything I'd choose to want. Yeah, I didn't even touch it. You know, you didn't even touch what drives me at my heart, soul. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times action gets confused with are, how fast are you in action instead of what parts of action stimulate you? So for me, it's the fun. It's the spontaneity. It's that creative image. But for me, it's not somebody else's name on my shirt. You know, I would sooner find a designer that nobody knows, but I think is doing a stellar job of creating fabulous fashion and be able to create something that's bespoke for me that makes me look like that a style but it's got nobody's name on it 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 showcases me perfectly and that's how i look at some of those things i think a little differently around a and around action mm, i love that that's for me and action i can say that I don't want to miss out on the fun. I, I do. There's a lot of things I know how to get myself to do based on the sense of urgency that I place on myself. 
it's because I don't want to miss out or that if there, if there's something I know I need to get moving on, I know how to get myself to do it. Cause there's some things that if you just, your heart's not into it, I can tell I'm putting on the brakes on, and I'm, I'm intentionally procrastinating. Cause my mind's like, I don't want to mentally go there. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I don't want to physically go there either. <laughs> right. I know you get it. Uh, so if there's one piece of advice that you could uh, give our audience about living your best life, and there's a question that I didn't ask, what would it be? And what is it, that advice that you want to share with us? I think it is to recognize the things that you know in your heart that speak to you truly from yourself, not from outside of you. I think everybody hears those things and frequently because they've been told by others they shouldn't want it, they should should want something else. They they are living somebody else's dream instead of their own. And and a dream doesn't necessarily have to be so audaciously big because if everybody was going for audaciously big, Lord, what a problem we would have. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled somebody's audaciously big deal is they love to clean because I like to be in a clean environment. It is not my thrill to do it. So the fact that somebody else will do some of those things and get excited about them for me is like, yippee, let them, you know, let them be that one that wants to do it. I mean, I watch the food shows where somebody is doing this just like mega thing. And I'm like going, that's wonderful. But I don't, I don't want to. I don't need to. I don't want to. I'd be happy to eat that. But I'm also happy to eat a real simple, simple meal. and those simple things give me more joy and pleasure than the complicated ones. This is beautiful. You have such a beautiful soul and just your approach on life and how you connect with yourself and everybody else is incredible. How can our audience get in touch with you? They can find me on LinkedIn at Susan K. Younger. I always put that middle initial in there because I early on discovered there's lots of Susan Youngers, but there's very few that use that middle initial K, even if their middle initial is that. And Susan at skyounger.com. They want to reach out to me. Thank you. Thank you so much for being our guest. It was a pleasure having you, Susan. It's a joy to spend time with you. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Ivy. To learn more about Ivy and the CIA, go to ivyandthecia.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, go to dancrum.com.